Well, indeed, fathers, happy Father's Day. Something like that, it does make you tear up and cry. Why? Because there's just such an innocence and a purity in our children and their love and their devotion to us, even when they're stinkers sometimes, right? There's nothing more precious than that relationship of a parent to a child. And today, we honor fathers as heroes, as people who are laboring day in and day out to be there for their families and to seek to lead lives um, according to God's will. And I trust today, as you enjoy Father's Day, that you will just pause and receive the love of your family. Many of you are here with your families today, which is great. My whole family is here today, and um, we are just blessed to be able to have relationships with those that Lord has brought into this world under our care as fathers. So enjoy the day. Uh, my wife's birthday was yesterday. Today is Father's Day. We always have confusion as to who gets what, but uh, we're going to celebrate both today uh, with my family, and I want you to be able to celebrate as well. And with that, I'm going to try to make a commitment, and I'm, uh, Zach there standing in the back, I'm going to try to get done early today, so if you're going to lunch somewhere, you can get in an early spot. How about that? <laughs> Now y'all going to hold me to that, right? So it's like, where's the clock at? What is going on? Well, I want to share today um, on the subject that we've been on. Behind you stands the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Uh, this is a place where uh, Jewish people and others from around the world come and they pray 24-7. And it's the lower part of the second temple. Uh, the temple that stood during Jesus' day, the whole temple was destroyed, but that's the lower foundation kind of area, and they gather there, and they pray, and they place their prayer requests there. We've been talking as a church about our need to sort of up the ante in prayer, especially with some of the, the needs that have gone on in the body, and we've been praying in particular recently about a family whose uh, uh, daughter was in a tragic accident a few weeks ago. And uh, we continue to pray for Landis Hooper. They are trying to get her to breathe on her own in all kinds of steps. She's been moved to uh, Rady Hospital in San Diego. And they've been providing, uh, the family has the McDonald House to be there to take care of her. But, you know, my simple prayer for Landis, I mean, how do you pray? And on a day like Father's Day, you think about all the challenges you might have, Dad. We are blessed if your children are in a place of health and strength, because that's a hard place to be with your child in a coma from an accident and has not woken up yet. So my simple prayer has been, wake Landis up today. Wake Landis up today with a whole mind and a whole body. And so we continue to pray for different needs. Some of you have been praying for some heavy needs. I had something happen to me this week that just sort of struck me pretty hard as a church leader and you know you want to go and try to find some different directions as to uh, how do we deal with this how do we try to figure it out but the Lord's reminded me Carrie you've been instructing people about prayer life this is where it's going to begin and so I really want to talk further today about an effective prayer life an effective prayer life 
And in my particular situation uh, in my life, I have a tendency to want to try to, to figure it out on my own. And let's come up with ways and means to be able to you know, get it to happen or get the next season of life for us as a church, whatever to happen. And I came across a quote this week, and I really didn't lean into it too much uh, until really today when I came back across it in my notes. And I said, you know, I'm going to throw that up with us. And it comes from a gentleman by the name of E.M. Bounds, who many years ago, he wrote several books on prayer. In fact, I have his whole volume of prayer. I'm like, how does somebody write so many books on prayer? Isn't it enough just to talk about a little bit? We're good. On to the next thing. But he was a man of prayer. If you know about his life and those kinds of things, if you were to study um, his biography, you would realize that he practiced what he preached, but everything that he saw come into fruition out of his life, he attributes to it being rooted in the prayer life. And the Ian Bounds quote that I want to just show you real quick this morning is this. He says, the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through people. He does not anoint plans, but people of prayer. Now, the reason this strikes me is this way. I am a worker, a doer, a planner, right? As I mentioned, so let's get at this. But this prayer is saying that methods and plans God does not anoint. You got some pretty good methods and plans that are going on right now that uh, he's not anointing. Or you don't think he's anointing, and so you're wanting him to anoint those plans. Ian Bound says, let's shift our focus, not with the methods and the plans and how-tos from here. Let's focus on us as an individual or us as a people. And so when we pray, just as surely as we prayed uh, for Pastor Michael and him stepping into um, the... Um, student ministry leadership role we need to realize that that's where the prayer needs to fall is upon the people god anoints a person he doesn't anoint plans the scripture says in jeremiah you know for i know the plans that i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future god can bless the plans but they flow from the individuals who lead them and so even in our homes, I had a text right before I came in this morning of a mother, uh, a relative of mine that was like, I need help with this situation in her home. And I said, well, today in particular, I'm going to be interceding and praying for it, but I'm not praying for something to get figured out in that person's life or in the parent's life. I'm praying that God would anoint and touch that individual. And so you and I need to be mindful of this. As Ian Bound says, the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through people. He does not anoint plans, but people of prayer. And could we substitute here on this day the word people of prayer to fathers of prayer? Men, if you're a dad today, are you known as someone in your household, who leads by prayer. That's why with that little uh, video skit story, you're my hero, Dad. Well, who am I? Why, why am I there with some referee? No, that's a zebra. You're, but you're on top of Noah's Ark that I just drew because you're praying for protection. Will your children grow up someday and say, you know, I saw my dad in prayer an awful lot. 
the disciples saw Jesus in prayer all the time, did they not? They saw him in prayer and it's like, what's he doing? If he's God, if he's the Messiah, doesn't he have strength within himself? He had this dependency upon his father. And so what we're going to be looking at here in a little bit today has to do with their observation of Jesus. And their observation of Jesus was not one who was always a busy bee worker. We've said over the last couple, three weeks that we're called to be worshipers first and workers second, and that the primary work is prayer. We are called to labor, but that foremost labor is in prayer, and the prayer is for God's anointing in our life. And so as we're drawn into worship, as we're drawn into his focus for our family, for our careers, for our generation, whatever it may be, may we be men who are known as being on our knees. I would uh, sometimes walk into my father's bedroom and uh, I would find him on his knees praying. Sometimes I thought maybe it was a posture that he was able to feel better with because of maybe physical issues, but then I realized, no, he's physically praying beside the bed. And I felt bad for interrupting, right? But I have that visual to this day of my father on his knees praying. And so I want to encourage us today with this how to have an effective prayer life, that the prayer life is not just some auxiliary thing like, oh yeah, that's a good thing to do. This is foundational of who you are. And as we prayed and seek God, we're asking his anointing upon us, not upon plans and methods, and his anointing upon us to reflect his glory and to walk in Christ's likeness and forward the work of his kingdom. We said last week that prayer does work, and we touched on these things. Prayer works in building a relationship with Jesus. Prayer works in extending the rule of the kingdom. Prayer works in defeating the schemes of Satan. Prayer works in changing the situations that are spirit-led. Prayer works in healing the human soul and the body. And prayer works in bringing glory to God the Father. So prayer works, but how do we approach this whole subject a matter of a more effective prayer? Well, the disciples, as they observe Jesus on his knees, they ask him only one thing to teach that was recorded in Scripture, and they approached him and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so I want to focus today on something that's very familiar to us, or at least I hope it's familiar to us. Um, I don't know if you came across it this week, any of you Jeopardy fans? And Jeopardy on Tuesday had three very smart people. And I think it was... Uh, a $200 question or uh, solve the riddle, and it was this. Um, Our Father, which is in heaven, this be your name. Don't say it out loud. How many of you know the question that would go to this be your name? Well, I want you to know that you're smarter than all three people that were on Jeopardy this week. <laughs> and they didn't know that. And you're like, What? Doesn't, doesn't everybody sort of know the Lord's Prayer and that the Lord's Prayer starts out, our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be your name? This is hallowed, right? But no one got that 
And I just want to congratulate you for being smarter than a lot of people on Jeopardy today. But it's one of the reasons I think maybe God brought me back to this for this hour on Father's Day. Because if we are to learn how to pray and to pray more effectively, then it would be pretty good wisdom to go to the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is listed in two different places. The longer version is in uh, Matthew 6, 9. And I'm going to read there, but I'm going to start back up with verse 5. And we actually came across this a few weeks back when we were studying the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus taught them this, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites in verse 5. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. And Jesus was confronting this whole elitism kind of thing of, oh, I'm such a great spiritual person. Watch how I pray and the words and where I go and I'm going to stand down here proper and let's pray. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's go to the heart of what prayer is, which is acknowledging and worshiping God and seeking his benevolence in our life. And make sure that you do not do it in a look at me kind of way but maybe that you do it in a woe is me kind of manner. And we need to cultivate prayer life as God intended. And that's why when and it says in the Luke version, Lord, teach us how to pray, he goes ahead and he unpacks the Lord's prayer. Can we say it together? We'll use the word debts and not sin. Ready? Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord's Prayer. Now, here's the truth about the Lord's Prayer. It's really not the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer the Lord taught his disciples that they needed to pray. If you really want to know what the Lord's Prayer is, and it's a great study, and man, some of the most intimate, powerful words between the connection between Jesus, God's Son, and God the Father, you read John chapter 17. John chapter 17 is the high priestly prayer, but really that's the Lord's Prayer, and he prayed it out in um, the Garden of Gethsemane, and just being there recently and trying to visualize where it's at, and him overlooking uh, Jerusalem and all that was a part of it, you're like, wow, wow. It was actually on the other side of where you see this wall, the Garden of Gethsemane was not just those, it's not those trees, but even further those trees. And you're like, when Jesus prayed, he connected with his Father, and he poured out his heart. But when he taught his disciples to pray, he taught them what we have recorded in Matthew 6, um, verse, beginning with verse 9. And he begins by saying, if you're a disciple or a Jesus follower or a seeker of God this morning, you need to know this. When you go to pray, pray our Father in 
heaven. Hallowed be your name. So we're going to stop right there, and I want to unpack this whole concept, this whole idea of him leading off by saying, you begin your prayer by saying, our Father. Now, he could have gone a lot of other directions. When you pray, you need to say, uh, great and majesty, uh, majestic God. Or when you pray, pray to the Savior Jehovah. Or pray to the one who reigns creator. Pray to the creator of all things. But Jesus chose to instruct his disciples and to instruct us here this morning afresh and anew. When you pray, pray our Father. Our Father. Now, that embellishes what? Relationship. I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I pray, I start to think, oh, yeah, it's sort of that distant force. I want God, yeah, wherever you are, that kind of thing. I want you to really intervene and work with this. And, yo, here, I'm down here in this problem, in this situation. I need you. To... And, and I just think of it being so distant. Our Father, when you hug your children, your little girl, your young man, your old manner, older, young adult man, whatever it may be, when you hug, you have a relationship with them. And when you communicate in dialogue, it's a relationship. And so he starts out the prayer saying, you want an effective prayer? Then you need to understand this relationship of all that is going on. Our Father in heaven. It was interesting, my uh, oldest son Ryan is here this morning, and he came down from Burbank, and right now he's going like, oh my goodness, what's he going to say about me? No, it's just the simple fact of they did, uh, I wasn't able to go, but they went out and took mom out last night for a dinner for her birthday and that kind of thing, and when they came back, it was really late at night, and I was trying to put together some of the slides and finish out and head to bed, and he just comes straight into my bedroom, sits down on my bed, and we catch up. And I had to internally smile a little bit because I'm thinking, well, how dare you, Ryan? You just walked right into my room. You're going to sit right down here and take some of my time when I'm, I'm needing to finish out and get on with things? Well, he'd driven down from Burbank. I hadn't seen him yet. And I'm thinking, no, this is what this is all about. And so we'll have more time to in and interact today. But I had to smile to myself because when God... Uh, when Jesus taught us to pray our Father, he was saying, you do it, man. You just walk in to the throne room of God. He is your Father, and you sit down with him, and you just interact, catch up a little bit. You have that warmth and privilege of family relationship that's protected. And so when you pray, if you're praying effectively, you need to come into that kind of environment and understanding. We said that prayer works because prayer builds our relationship with Jesus. And here's Jesus. He's talking about you need to articulate and pray our Father. Well, it's interesting if you start to think about it because Jesus, he went into prayer and he would pray to his Father Jesus had this understanding of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and we can't drop into all that today, that kind of thing, right? But there was this relationship about the Father that he carried. 
That's why, and we looked at the verse last week in John 16, he taught his disciples right before the high priestly prayer when he poured his heart out, when he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, very truly I tell you, in verse 23, my what? My father, my father, mine, my father, will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not uh, asked for anything really in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Jesus said this. He said it to his disciples. He says it to you and I again today when we look at this verse and we go, Woo, that's a great deal. I just need to start asking anything in my name. Now we'll talk about that, probably not today, but it's this idea of how you ask and those kinds of things and, and motives and those kinds of deals. But what I want to focus on here is this aspect of him saying, I tell you very truly, my father, my father. It was just a couple chapters before that or words in the same discourse that Jesus, he answered Philip when he said, I don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? And Jesus answered, you're familiar with this verse most likely. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to what? The Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know what? My Father as well. Oh, oh and then if you jump to Paul's words in Rome, Romans 8, verse 16. The spirit you received when you committed to be a Jesus follower... The spirit you received brought about your adoption as sonship, to sonship. And by him we cry, what? Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, if we are children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Welcome to the family. You ever heard that word, Abba? Father, it's just a direct articulation of what young sons and daughters would call their daddies in that language in that day. Abba, 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 Papa, Abba, Abba. Now, I don't know about you, but when you see a child begin to mouth their first words, it's pretty exciting. As many of you know, Melissa and I are now grandparents. My first Father's Day being a granddad. And we had the opportunity to have our little granddaughter, Remy, over on Friday night as Pastor Zach and Britt uh, went out. Uh, I think they went out with you, Dimitri and Tamara, right? And we got the opportunity to take care of little Remy in our house. My wife was more excited than her first date with me, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> She got a swing set. She had things going. You're thinking about that. And little Remy, now she's getting to that age after these number of, what, couple months? What is she? How old is she? It's like she starts to smile. You're like, wow, there's personality there, right? Hair sticking up. She's at the back listening right now, actually. And there's going to come a day when Remy says her first word. And what are the bets? Is that mama or dada? Right? And so begins the journey. Abba. Abba, Father. Are you in a place this morning where you need to rewire your concept of God? 
I've told you before, A.W. Tozer, one of his most famous statements is, the most important thing about you is what comes to your mind when you think about God. And do you think about God as your dada, as your Abba Father? And so he's telling his disciples, you want effective, powerful prayer? Then you come into this sanctuary of presence and love and a community of family. Abba Father. Abba Father. Dada. Dada. Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father, which art in heaven. When you then come to that term, our Father, which art in heaven, you just settle in and pour out your heart. You pour out your love and your admiration for him. Now, I'm very mindful in these kind of situations. It's very, tr very true on a Father's Day kind of um, Sunday that many of us have great memories of our father. I have a lot of great memories of my dad. I also have some memories of my dad where it's like, whoa, I better not get on the wrong side, right? But overall, my memories of my dad are very rich. Your memories of your dad may not only not be good, they may not even be existent. But I want you to know when you come in and you bunker down in that prayer, that effective prayer life, you need to draw into a fresh understanding how God is a father to you, a provider, a protector, an interested leader for you in your life. And you come and you bear your heart and your soul to him. Don't just, you know, brisk in and run out. Spend time with him as father. Spend time in the word reading as his words of instructions to you. Spend time observing how Jesus related to God the Father in his personal relationship and how he was dependent upon him for all things and how he went to him in all things and how he desired to do the will of his Father. What we carry is not a religion. What we carry is a supernatural divine relationship and that was a relationship you were created to have as a human being. And if you are a human being here this morning and you do not have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then good news, you can have that here on this Father's Day. Because we were created to be in relationship with God through the Son, through the power of the Spirit living in our life, and we have communion with Him. And through that communion, through valleys that go low and the, the high times in our life, the whole journey through all the years was intended for you and I to be in relationship with our loving Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, His Son, by the power and the anointing and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And here is the gift to you this day. It's better than a spatula, men, that you're going to get when you walk out this morning. You have the gift of a father. And you need to cultivate that gift and endear yourself to that gift. And when you go into your prayer closet or you're praying in the car or you're crying out to God because some accident or something else happened, you need to know he cares as deep and as rich as any father could. And that's the relationship that you are to have with him. Our father in heaven. Where is he at? Not way out there. I don't fully understand it. It's, it. it's almost like a fourth dimension to me. The presence of God is with us. And when you go to pray, you are entering into not a mere prayer closet of physical space. You are entering into the spiritual realm that exists. 
And in that spiritual realm, as you sit and you ask God the Father, you have the opportunity to not only bear your soul, but to receive from the Father. Ask whatever you wish in my name, and I will do it. He wants to give you provision. So that's the uniqueness of our relationship that we need to labor into. And he started out that way. And then he said what? Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Honoring your name. It is what it is. And, and I'm not going to go any further into it this morning because I made a commitment to be done early. But I want you to know that when you go before your heavenly father, this is sacred space. Not sacred in the sense of, oh, he can't relate to me. Jesus relates to me. He, he was tempted in all such ways as all mankind and, and was without sin. So I know that Jesus knows my world and Jesus and the Father connected. And I have a relation with Jesus. So when I go into this space, our Father, Abba, Dada, Father, here's where I'm at. This is my soul. I pour it out to you. Yes, holy and sacred is your name. We're going to touch on that next week then. But I want you to know today the God of the universe that created you in your mother's womb, he wants to be in relationship with you in an intimate way. And prayer works in building our relationship, our intimacy with Jesus. But prayer works in building our relationship with our daddy father. And you and I, need to cultivate that well in our lives every day. Will you? Last week I closed, and I'll have the worship team come up as we sing a song about the God of revival to renew our hearts and our souls before him. But I gave a shout out right at the end of service last week that I know many of you are like, yes, how do I have a more effective prayer life? How do I pray, if you will? And uh, just two Wednesday nights, last Wednesday and this Wednesday, show up at 6.30, go for an hour, and then finish out with some prayer. So students last week, bring your students, even if you're new, or your neighbor's students, just bring them, drop them off with Pastor Michael, and as they close out their Alpha Youth series, but we had 27 adults last week circled up right here. Almost thought about putting a picture up here. That challenge I had in my life this week, that's probably going to be carrying through for the months ahead as a pastor and a leader. It didn't compare. It doesn't compare to what I saw Wednesday night when I saw you as adults come to say, teach us how to pray. So we're going to do it again this Wednesday night. Pastor Trey and I are just going to share, and there's no fill in the blanks. It's just us sharing and interacting together. How can we equip one another to have a more effective prayer life? And I want you to come. Uh, there is no child care. Hopefully maybe you can arrange that, or maybe one spouse and the other trade off or something. But we're going to circle up and we're going to look at it again this week. Right here, big circle because altars and everything. I want us to focus on how to pray because 
Back to that E.M. Bounds quote, God's anointing is not on plans and methods. His anointing is upon a people of prayer. And I want his anointing in my life on this Father's Day. And I want my church, my church family, to have an Abba Father kind of relationship. Lord Jesus, pour out afresh a renewal spirit in my life and in our life. Revive us. Revive us so that we can be fully alive in Christ and to his mission. And it begins in the sanctuary of intimacy with the God who created you to have that special relationship. As we sing this song, if you need to bring a burden of prayer to your Abba Father, don't hesitate to come and kneel at these benches at the front and pour your heart out to God. If you want to pray maybe with someone, you can go over to the prayer area and we have prayer team people that can just join you in prayer. Maybe you just need to pray right where you're at. Let the others sing around you. But take this moment and acknowledge if you've been distant from God or if you've put him into some type of absentee landlord who created the earth and now he doesn't really care about anything, you need to rethink through that and ask God to reveal himself afresh to you so you have this personableness with God the Father and pour out your heart to him. Declare, hallowed, holy is your name. Sacredness. And so as we close in a song of strength and jubilation. Maybe it's a quiet spirit that you need to have. Either way, whether standing in exaltation or whether praying here. You know, God uses different people in our church as part of our family. One of the hardest things to do is see people leave our church family Maybe for various reasons. A lot of people just move away. And uh, it's a while ago that God brought a dear family to this church that they have labored favorably and effectively. But God's called them to move to where their family's at in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I'm not going to ask them to come up, but Dave and Sue Philos, would you stand? These are people... This is their last Sunday, and we send them off with a blessing. Hopefully, they'll be back around. But I have observed and watched God's formation in their life. Dave actually is vice chair of our board, and Dave and Sue serve in all kinds of areas around this church. We love you guys. You're part of our family. We send you off with the Abba Father to be blessed as you go to welcome in your first grandchild. Uh, with Brennan Bryan, who lived in Nashville, that used to be a part of our church. Helped, she helped in student ministry here. But we love you, and we're going to miss you. Thank you. But it's, it's that kind of relationship. We have a church family, and I just want to call us together as a church family to be a people of prayer and to be a people that want revival and renewal in our life. So ushers as you take your places to receive the Lord's tithes and offerings as well as any connect cards on the back of your connect cards is a place to list prayer concerns we'll pray over those as staff and leaders this is your time as we finish out on this Father's Day to worship the Lord or maybe to come and be in prayer